Hi there. Thank you for joining the conversation. I am Shasta, and today in this bonus exclusive interview, I am speaking with Dr. Sima Samad, one of the most influential women in all of Afghanistan, about what the U.S. military exit will mean for women in Afghanistan. Dr. Sima is on the front lines working with the Afghani people, especially the women and children, daily. Now, you may be thinking, wait a minute, isn't this podcast about women in aviation? It is. But as we launch this exciting season with some of the most amazing women in aviation and having the conversations that we're having with them, I'd like to offer you some perspective. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said it best, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. It is important to look at the core of how people are treating women and the struggles these women are facing. It gives us knowledge and strength to do the work that we do and have empathy for others. Because of my Afghani heritage, several people have reached out to me lately with great concern about what will happen next to the Afghani women now that the U.S. is leaving, especially all of the progress that we have made in the last 20 years. I reached out to Dr. Samar and asked her to share her thoughts. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Atlantic Aviation. Atlantic Aviation provides aircraft ground support in over 60 locations across the U.S. I am proud to be partnered with a company that puts their people first and values diversity and inclusion. Their vision and mission is evident through the various resource programs they support. Experience the Atlantic attitude today. Check out AtlanticAviation.com to see all 60-plus locations and plan your next visit. Today's guest is Dr. Sima Samar. Dr. Samar is from Ghazni, a southeastern province of Afghanistan. In 1982, Dr. Samar received her medical degree from Kabul University. Her field of study was fueled by her passion to make a positive impact in her country. In addition to being a doctor, Dr. Samar's career path has taken her to become an educator, government official for women affairs, an advocate for women in education, a human rights activist, and above all, a beacon of hope for the Afghani people. Dr. Sima established the Shahada Organization, which operated over 100 schools along with 15 clinics and hospitals for women and girls in Afghanistan. Dr. Samar has dedicated her life's work fearlessly to supporting people in one of the most complex and dangerous parts of the world. In 2009, Dr. Sima Samar was the leading candidate for the Nobel Peace Prize. Dr. Sima, welcome and thank you for joining the conversation. Uh, thank you for, uh, for having me. There's so much that I didn't include in your introduction. You are quite the accomplished person. Is there anything you would like to add to the introduction that I just gave? Um, no, I think you, it was quite comprehensive. But the only thing that I would say is that um, the work that I did 
uh, is not very exceptional, but the environment was really difficult. Yeah. During the conflict in the country, different regime came and gone, and it was a lot of injustice uh, on those uh, and all of the regime that we all so far have in Afghanistan. So that is uh, the the difficult environment and the f- lack of rule of law make my work a little bit better, looks better. Oh no, I. I agree, but I also think it takes an incredible person to work in those conditions with people who really need help, a country that needs support. Um, so you're very humble and generous, but I think if anyone reads your your biography and your life's work, I mean, it's just, it's it's beautiful. It's You're really a role model for what the world should look like, the views of the world should look like. So we really appreciate you. The Aviate with Shasta podcast is centered around women in aviation and aerospace based on the theme of Aviate, which stands for acknowledge, vocalize, act, inclusion, travel, and evolve. At the core, these themes encompass basic human rights, basic women rights. Dr. Martin Luther King said it best, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Women issues and equality around the the globe affects women everywhere. There are many people who, in one way or another, have some relation to Afghanistan, especially those in aviation and in the aerospace industry. Whether it was soldiers flying the Afghani skies, cargo pilots flying in goods to the country, or the defense industry working alongside the Afghani government. In addition, So many people that we may know or who are related to have worked or served in Afghanistan. Earlier this year, President Biden announced the withdrawal of all U.S. troops by September of 2021, ending the 20-year war. Just recently, Biden shared that the timeline of the exit will come sooner, as soon as August of this year. You are working directly with the Afghani people daily, what does this what does the withdrawal of the US military mean for the Afghani people? Well I, I think the uh, the war was quite long and I, I have to say that it was uh, 43 years of war in the country. Somehow the United States was involved. Um, I think the problem is that in 1992 when the pro-Russian government was uh, uh, I was thrown out by the uh, Mujahideen government or, or collapsed. Then the U.S. and the uh, um, international partners, such as European countries, or most of the countries, yeah. left Afghanistan because their aim and their objective was to uh, to fight against communism or USSR on that time. They, yeah. uh, and that was a big mistake because they uh, Afghanistan turned to be a playground for every terrorist from different countries in Afghanistan and also Afghanistan become the biggest producer of opium in the world. Uh, and of course, they, the first thing the Mujahideen government did in that Taliban uh, more seriously was to put women under house arrest almost. I, w- I keep saying that Afghanistan was the biggest prison for women in the uh, in 21st century. So that is, I think... <clears throat> One of the uh, one of the the big mistake. So so I was uh, with President Karzai in two thousand and two, 
in January 2002 when President Bush took us to the State of Union and he addressed it in one of his speech. Part of of his speech was the freedom of women in Afghanistan. So put me in spot as a one of the example. Um, in this 20 years of war with the, uh, it was a time that 140,000 soldier was in Afghanistan. Before that, we had, we had 140, 150,000 Russian soldier, USSR soldier in the country. So what I keep saying that when they do not have the support of the people, they will not be successful. They will not succeed. Yeah. Um, the history showed 10 years of uh, Russian occupation in Afghanistan, and then they went. And then it was 20 years of, of the American. What is very unfortunate is that they should have left Afghanistan after a peace process or a peace deal, some kind of a deal or understanding or a peace process in the country so they could leave. This is one side of the story. For me, as an Afghan, I think maybe it's a good opportunity that we all, we Afghan, realize that we have the responsibility for our country. Yeah. We have, we should come together. We should leave our personal agendas, tribal agendas, ethnic agendas, and financial interest behind and take the responsibility and build our country. But this should have done with the understanding with the Afghan government. Yeah. But I do hope that they will continue support of Afghanistan because, again, it's already showed in the history. It will be, um, again, in my personal view, that, that the problem will not stay in Afghanistan. It will reach to the other part of the world. Sadly, yeah. And, and I think promotion and protection of human rights is a shared responsibility. Yeah. You know, um, when I was flying around the world, I was very close to the Earth's surface because my plane was so small. Mm -hmm. I couldn't fly at the high altitudes. And I had this realization as I was making my way from country to country that the world is really just one big piece of land. And Mm -hmm. at one point it was. It was one, one world. It was Pangea. Everything was together. And these borders are all man-made. It was all men who said, this is where Afghanistan starts, this is where it ends. And it breaks my heart that because of these man-made considerations, we see each other so differently. And it breaks my heart, and you're absolutely right. You know, human rights is a shared responsibility. We all need to come together, unite as one world, and look out for one another Mm -hmm. and with something like human rights, it's really, if it's a problem in one part of the world, it's a problem everywhere in the world, like what Martin Luther King was saying. Um, when I visited Afghanistan during the global flight, I was so shocked to see the amount of support that I received for my arrival. I remember meeting my dad at the airport, and we were going through customs and immigrations, and I saw a big crowd outside of the airport. I asked my dad what was happening, and he told me that those people were there to welcome me back. Mm -hmm. I saw children, young girls, mothers, fathers, 
elderly men and women. They had flowers and proud smiles to see me. It was really one of my most cherished memories of my life. It seems that the Afghani people are very proud of the progress as a country that they have made with women developments. Would you agree with this? Uh, yes, I think in the last 20 years, we have remarkable achievement in the country. I mean, of course, you, um, you're one of the a good example for the, the girls who live in Afghanistan. Uh, but uh, you can imagine that the, uh, the number of the girls who were going to school during Taliban maybe were not exceeded uh, from 100,000. Now 3 million girls are going to school. Wow. And uh, going to school, having access to quality education, having access to quality health services, live without fear, live without uh, out of poverty, is a basic human rights. It's not luxury. Right. And particularly for the girls to go and get education to choose their um, occupation or a professional and choose their, uh, their life and life partner, again, it's not, it's not something that the, it is for, for girls in America, it's not uh, for the girls in Afghanistan. It doesn't require boundaries. It yeah. doesn't require ethnic, uh, um, ethnicity. It doesn't require color or yeah. language or religion. It is a basic human rights. It's the nature of human being. Yeah. So I think we have we have achieved a lot, but I have to say that the majority of the the girls still do not have those basic rights to choose their profession, their partners, their to to live with dignity and to choose the uh, to go for education to somewhere. Yeah. It's a lot of limitation uh, still exists. It's a lot of uh, poverty is one of them. them. So it is, yeah, it is, uh, um, of course, you cannot uh, compare it with the Taliban time. Yeah. But we still have a very long way to go. You have famously said that women rights are human rights. What does the U.S. exit mean for the women in Afghanistan? What can we expect to happen in the next coming months? Um, unfortunately, the violence has increased and Taliban took over some places and they already uh, issued the statements that the girls cannot go out of the house without a job and um, they have to be accompanied by their male relative or uh, mahram. And uh, they, uh, I mean, they put a lot of uh, restriction already and they start beating people up. And, and, and they, they said that they, all the men have to grow beards. I mean, it's wow. not only for women, but mainly for women. Yeah. And it shows that the Taliban are afraid from educated people. And their target when they were in power in 1990s uh, were educated women because they were saying that the, uh, the woman who has a clean hand and white, yeah. it's a Pashto word, uh, um, they are the one who are educated and they are the, the problem. That's why they are burning the girls' school. They are, that's why they are putting a lot of restriction for for uh, the, the girls to get access to education. 
And I think uh, we might lose a lot of our rights. Okay. And the Taliban, because there are some people who keep saying that the Taliban are changed. The change is not, they might change their words, but we need the, uh, the change in, in their action. And the, uh, those change that the people claim, if they give the rights to women, uh, and respect the dignity of women and equality between uh, all the human beings, that should be in action. Yeah. Even their, uh, their spokesperson in his uh, statement in the BBC, he says that uh, we are agree with the basic human rights. Why you should be agreed basic human rights for a woman? Yeah. They should have all of their rights. Basic human rights only primary education. Right. Basic human rights only to get uh, help while you are delivering your baby. But you should be able to go to see uh, a doctor uh, if you have uh, not, I mean, not necessarily to deliver the baby, but you have some other problem. You have pneumonia, you have eye problem, you have. So the, adding this basic human rights for women itself shows their, their mentality, yeah. in my personal view. And I said it in my interview with Democracy Now, that why they say basic human rights for women? Basic for them is only access to education and health. Right. So what's about the other rights? Right, right. The right to the political rights to participate on the on the election, to stand for election, to choose their, their profession, to be a pilot. Yeah. To be a soldier in the army, to be uh, an officer in the police. So it's it does show that they are they still try to play with words, killing female judges, killing female journalists. What does that mean? For me, um, I think something that that alarmed a lot of people uh, around the world is when they heard former President George Bush say that. Um, and he, and this is a quote that he said, I'm afraid for Afghan women and girls. Um, I'm afraid Afghan women and girls are going to suffer unspeakably harm. They are scared. You know, this is a former president who is, is sharing this about the, the girls and the women in Afghanistan. And it's alarming. What was your reaction to that quote? Well, I think he was the one who already started the... Let's say the um, intervention, military intervention in Afghanistan, and he was always saying that his wife was quite active on supporting Afghan women because she was part of um, uh, there was establishment of a Afghan American Women Council when I was the Minister of Women's Affairs, so she was involved on that. Even during Barack Obama, he had the uh, one of the meeting in Dallas, in Texas, uh, on still keeping the agenda alive. Um, Partially it's true. Um, 
but I think I hope they will continue supporting yeah. uh, Afghanistan and particularly focusing on education because I do believe that education is a tool that we can strong non-violent tool to fight against the ignorance absolutely fight against those kind of uh, mentality to change the mentality to build Afghanistan to make it a better society you can see it everywhere yeah uh, when there's a uh, um, low level of education or lack of education right then you have this kind of a uh, violence and conflict and selfish attitude yeah it's very um uh, very obvious when you look at the countries that are struggling education is a low priority and i've often thought about you know how can i like how can a country like afghanistan really rebuild what what is the long term solution for real change and I, i don't know what the answer is i think it's not one simple answer it's there's a lot of considerations that need to go into it but i've realized that there's an opportunity with women and that is if you educate the women in in a country in any country you are um you are enabling that that generation that's going to be nurtured by these women um so i'm i completely agree that it starts with education it has to well i think the i always give very simple um, answer to or um talks to uh, the youth i'm saying if a mother is educated and she saw amibia under microscope she believes that there's a small living things that we cannot see but make people sick so she will try to give a clean water to their children uh number 1 number 2 this mother can control the number of their children if she give a healthy food and clean food and water to their children the family will not get sick if they don't get sick they will not spend their money buying medicine or going to the doctor so the economy the health and the number of the children in the family has direct impact or connection with the level of the education of the mother this simple family much better economic economical wise yeah much better uh, on education because an educated mother will promote their children to be educated uh, that's why we keep saying that if you educate a man you educate a person if you educate a woman you educate a family and you educate a society yeah so everything is related to education the level of the economy of the family the level of the health it's very uh, practical and we see it every day on the, on the uh, among the families is completely related to the level of education of the family yeah in particularly the level of education of the mother yeah during my stop in kabul along um the global flight i had the opportunity to meet with afghan military pilots 
I was so very inspired by their courage and strength. I personally had a rough journey to becoming a pilot, but when I think about these women and what they went through, yeah, I really, I just can't even imagine. Um, they were proud of me for flying around the world, and I was proud of them for flying for our country. It was this powerful exchange of admiration. Do you have an idea of what will happen to the women pilots who serve in the Afghani military? Well, it's a difficult to judge. If uh, First of all, I hope, I personally think that the Taliban will not be able to take over Afghanistan completely. Secondly, of course, if, if, God forbid, if they take over Afghanistan, they will not um, allow the Afghan women to be a pilot. So uh, it might be very difficult, although we have some female pilots, uh, and uh, they took the risk. Right. And I hope they are not uh, be pushed to leave the country right. for their um, safety. Right, right. Oh, that's devastating. I um, I really am thinking about them. I, I, I loved each and every one of them. When I met them, it was like, already you're from Afghanistan, but then you have this connection of being a pilot and experiencing the skies. And, you know, I just think about, um, you know, what's next for them. And my heart is, is breaking and I'm praying that they're going to be okay. What are your plans now as the U.S. are withdrawing sooner than expected? Does anything change for you with the work that you're doing? Well, uh, yes and no. It's changed because the security is de deteriorating everywhere and I have to restrict my mobility. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I'm really trying to do whatever I can because the schools are running and we still have, um, I have a university in Kabul which uh, has special department, uh, women empowerment department that we do. Uh, extra training for them and give a scholarship to the girls. Because uh, in my personal experience, the schools that I started in Pakistan long ago in 1990s, girls are now teaching in the Harvard University. Wow, amazing. They have PhDs, they have very good job. They are, uh, so at, those are giving hope. It, it was very difficult time. Yeah. So even if, even, God forbid, if Taliban comes, I will continue to educate the girls and boys because, I mean, they also have the right to be educated. Right. Um, during your career, you have been the beacon of hope for so many people. How are you able to be so strong in these tough moments? Well, first of all, I have commitment. Secondly, I believe on equality. Thirdly, I see the, the result of the work that I did. As I mentioned, the, the girls are, are doctors, the girls right. are the boys and the girls. Right. They have PhDs, they are teaching here and there. They are um, standing on their own feet. Right. I mean, most of the girls who gone to the school that I started, uh, they earn much, much, much more than I do. Oh, no. <laughs> as an as a initiator. Right. 
Uh, and I think uh, gone through very difficult times um, in my life. Yeah. And I learned how to stand. Yeah. How and to continue. And that's my my uh, choice. Nobody imposed on me. I choose my my way and my path. Yeah. And I'll continue. You know, during the tough moments when I was flying by myself over these long oceans and, and a small plane, I would look down and I would think, you know, if I have an engine failure in the middle of this massive ocean, no one is going to come and get me. You know, like this is this will be my life right here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I kept thinking about how strong Afghan women are. And I kept thinking about the, the things that they deal with on a daily basis, the strength that they have, their blood is running through my veins. Like I cannot be afraid of this ocean or this, this situation that might not happen. And so the courage that, that the Afghan people have and that they've had for so many years and the courage that you have, it really speaks in so many different ways. Um, and for me, it spoke to me when I was feeling very scared by myself in the small plane. Um, what message do you have for Afghan women and children as we uh, move forward towards the Americans leaving? Yeah. Um, first of all, let me say this way, that the Afghan women are really strong. They witnessed the destruction of their mat muddy house, they witnessed the, the, the killing of their loved ones yeah. and disappearing of their loved one. They witnessed the, the loss of everything they had, but they're still there. Yeah. And they continue to be. Right. Uh, my message to the, the people of Afghanistan and particularly to the women in Afghanistan, that everything is possible. It might not be easy. It does require commitment. And we can do it if we walk together. Yeah. Beautiful message. And last question, what do you think we can do in our capacity for the person who is listening to this podcast to help support the people of Afghanistan? One, I think you have to do advocacy for the uh, and raise awareness among the people about the situation in Afghanistan. That's number one, that you're already doing and you can do it, continue to do it. The second issue is that every single small support, financial support or political support, is vital for the people in Afghanistan. Because you can support a girl education by donating $20 per month. You can support by um, donating a little more uh, to a girl to get a bachelor degree. I mean, you can pay uh, 60 or $70 per month and she can get her, her bachelor degree for four years in the country. And actually, you save a whole family with that. Yeah. Um, 
Dr. Sima Samarjan, thank you so much. You are an extraordinary human being. Your time, effort, dedication, and commitment to your work is really enabling a country and a generation of women. I thank you for your time, and we wish you and all of the people in Afghanistan the very best. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.